0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore, it's another episode. Today's episode, I sit down with Dan Andriano of Alkaline Trio, uh, and we talk about so much stuff. Uh, we talk about Dan's Dan's career. Uh, we talk about Dan's new record. Uh, and obviously, we talk about all the records that have been really important in Dan's creative journey. Um, he's a wonderful human being. Really kind. Really open. And we have a lovely, lovely chat. And before we get on to that, a few thank yous. Um, first of all, big thanks to Em. Uh, Em's been so lovely regarding this podcast, Emma. And she's... She kind of gave me a a, a real breaker. She arranged uh, a while ago, um, probably two years ago now for me to um, interview Chuck D. And from that moment on the tables on this podcast just turned and all of a sudden exposed it to, to so many more people and, and so many more people then reached out about coming on and, and, agents and managers and such were were, were reaching out then and it really really helped kind of grow this podcast so i have a a, a huge amount of love for emma um for 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 doing that and and she's continued to give me some amazing guests so so yeah just um a big shout out and love to to emma for uh for for arranging this one um big thanks as always to scrubius pip uh, and all the other podcasters on the Distraction Pieces Network, which this podcast is very proud to be part of. Thank you to 76 for producing this podcast and and yeah, and doing doing the utmost he can to ensure that these these um, overseas Zoom calls, you know, get the nice warmest sanding audio we can get for you. And uh, he does a stellar job of that. Um, also, I guess the biggest thanks always go to you lot for continuing, as ever, to, to listen to this podcast and support it. You know, you send me messages on the socials, which I absolutely love. Um, and, yeah, I see you sharing it and, and liking and commenting and such. And it all really matters, all of that. You know, it it, it really does, you know, mean a lot to know that 370 episodes in you know you, you, you lot still care which is absolutely bloody lovely so yeah big love and thanks to you lot uh, for just yeah for just being cool and nice um right and and if if in any other way you want to support the podcast it's really easy you can just click likes on the socials when you see us or you can subscribe that doesn't cost anything and then each week a new episode just pops up on wherever you get your podcasts um, and that's really good if you do that, and uh, if you subscribe, that's, that would be lovely. Um, and if you want to be really generous and you can spare 79p or $1 uh, a month, then that means that you get access to my Patreon. And then on Patreon, there's probably 250 episodes that have never been released to the, the general public. There's radio shows where I play loads of records and chat. I don't know why I've just explained a radio show to you. You know what that is. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's, there's loads and loads of radio shows. You can watch all the episodes. So if you you know there's an episode that you think, oh, do you know what? I'd like to see you talking to, to Tommy Lee or the Foo Fighters, then... You can go over there and you can watch these these conversations as well. Uh, and like I say, it costs you a dollar a month. So, uh, yeah, what can you get for a dollar these days? Not a lot, but you can. You can get access to a huge back catalogue of, um, of audio. Goodness, uh, courtesy of, of the Beat and Track podcast. Anyway, sales pitch over, an introduction done. One little bit of the intro left, and that's this bit. Please enjoy it. Off the Beat and Track podcast with Dan Andriana. Right, I've got to take a quick break in this podcast because I've got some super exciting news. Off the Beat and Track podcast is proud to go into partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. That's right. The Cacao Bar is not a chocolate bar. It's all the best bits of a chocolate bar put into a really exciting new alcoholic range. That's right. gin vodka and a beautiful range of cream liqueurs so one of the big bonuses of this partnership is obviously I'm super thrilled to have Hotel Chocolat working with us but they sent me a great big box of this stuff and I'm telling you it's amazing go and check it out www.hotelchocolat.com or over on the socials at Hotel Chocolat but yeah in the coming months there's going to be opportunities for you to Get involved with competitions with us to win bottles of stuff. There's loads of exciting things coming soon, and I can't be more happy to say that this podcast is in partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. All right, let's get back to the podcast. It's Off The Beat and Track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, with it Okay, we are recording. Dan, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. Good to
1: talk to you. Too.
0: Oh, I appreciate I'm your about time. A
1: question it's a little bit different, you know. Good. From
0: the old, Good. We 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 we'll talk about um new records and, and and what's happening and and we kind of like to sort of sort that we've we've kind of been a bit more retrospective and looking back over records that have been important in your in in your life and creative journey. Um but before we get on to that, I just I just want to ask you how you found the last the last two years of, of pandemic lockdown and, and, and such, like how you found that personally
1: and creatively? Well, I mean, it's, uh, here's the thing. It's hard for me to complain. I've got a beautiful wife and a beautiful daughter, um, and we were locked down together uh you know i have a house to live i mean it's like it's hard for me to really complain about stuff um so it, in general the lockdown's been been okay you know if i live in florida here in the united states um which um, you've heard about florida over there it's uh you know it's not a it's not up to me but you know, things are, um, things were opened up here fairly soon, closed back down again, you know, but, you know, uh, we, but we, you know, we were doing all the right things and I found it to be a little bit, um, you know, I was just concerned for the world for a while. And then, um, I was, uh, and then I was over it <laughs> ready to get back on tour and ready to, you know, once the vaccine was made available, that's when for me, uh, Things kind of changed. You know what I mean? You can get the vaccine or not get the vaccine. But either way, I think uh, now that that's available and a lot of people have it, people want to move on. So, Absolutely. Um, but in terms of creativity, it was pretty good because it was a time for me to reflect. It was a time for me to get some work done because I didn't have a lot else to do. It was a time for me to dig back into like a, a bag of. <clears throat> a bag of old you know ideas do some stock taking and you know do some uh some m- metaphorical shredding of some documents and then do some uh a bit of um you know pursuing some other ideas that hadn't really gotten the attention they deserved and that's where a few of these songs came from but most of them were pretty fresh ideas within that year leading up to the recording
0: yeah is that a home studio that you're in at the moment is our home
1: this is my office at home yeah oh lovely. this is where I do a lot of my writing and like demoing and stuff but yeah. yeah it's a little bit of disarray right now and i had some time so i was uh i'm doing a bit of rearranging and painting and organizing nice i needed a shelf for my records up there lovely you know and things so
0: Wonderful. but again
1: that's right now. If you were to the other side of this computer, is just shit pile to the ceiling. <laughs> love it,
0: <laughs> love it. Well, what I can see now for 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 listeners is what looks like some kind of analog keyboard to your uh, over your left shoulder. Uh, is that an analog keyboard?
1: No, that's the MIDI keyboard. The analog one with the computer sitting on here. Ah, so nice organ well i mean it's a digital organ um lovely. but yeah you know this is my little uh this is where i get most ah, of my shit.
0: wonderful and so yeah uh... i've got
1: a piece of outboard gear just for some mic preamp some you know and a little bit of compression that goes in most everything is done with that uh i like that universal audio stuff
0: and a beautiful rack of guitars on the wall as well
1: yeah <laughs> lovely I, when i moved to florida i didn't have any I didn't really know anybody or have any <laughs> friends. So I, I got um, obsessed with guitars and learning how to build them and work on them and all that stuff. So wonderful! I, I wow. kind of spoiled. So.
0: Right, Dan, let's kick off your playlist. The song right. with the greatest ever intro, please.
1: Well, the song with the greatest ever intro to me, I thought this was going to be a tougher question than it actually was uh but i actually started thinking about songs great intros if you don't mind i had a couple runners up you know uh roundabout by yes comes to mind there's a few that are just like whoa that's pretty epic but i mean i would say one by metallica even though really no forget i even said that um One comes to mind that just kind of, once I thought of it, shut the door on all the others, and that's Blitzkrieg Bop by the Ramones. I mean, this is an intro that is recognizable the world over. Everybody knows, hey-ho, let's go. Everybody gets charged up. The the young guy in me, the old guy in me, I always feel the same when I hear the beginning of Blitzkrieg Bop, and I always get ready to party, and it's awesome. So for that reason, it's just it's got to be the greatest intro. It's cert it's certainly the most iconic. Yeah, for me, hands down.
0: That's a really really good shot, Dan. And I've I've recorded 370 of these episodes now, and no one's no one's used the Ramones yet. And and that's that. Don't
1: fuck around, does it? That kicks straight right from the off. Like they're oh, pulling you in, it's aren't they? great. It's great. And live, it was twice that fast. I mean. They had a lot of great intros. You know, I almost said rock and roll radio um, with the whole, you know, the DJ and that whole Phil Spector deal. But, I mean, Blitzkrieg Bop, that's it. That says everything you need to know about the Ramones in that first 30 seconds of that song. It's crazy how impactful that is.
0: I'm really, really interested in how, uh, like, the the, the two choices, you know, your your honourable mention there of yes, like, you couldn't get, two further ends of the spectrum you've got the ramones banging the the whole song out in probably the time it takes yes to just get halfway through their intro like it's uh it's so with that in mind i want to ask you when when you when you write um how how much you take on board with trends insofar as you know, Spotify playlists and you know, the, the, the current generation's rapid thumbs, that, that the attention span's getting shorter and everybody's on to the next thing, on to the next thing. Like, are, you, are you drawing from that, almost that Ramones-esque nice. of like, grab them from the beginning, or are you like, no, do you know what? My song's my song. It will take its form however it takes its form. How much of that? And I guess maybe you know, a few years back that might have been more equated to like, well, we want to get on the radio um, but then I guess there's the radio edit for that. But like, how much do
1: you no, kind I, of? I know what you're saying. Yeah, but I'd say it's certainly more of the latter. Like, um, the song has to be the song. But having said that, like sometimes you're writing the song and and you just feel like it's got to get it's got to get to the next part quicker because that's what the song needs. You know what I mean? Not necessarily. Um, for any, for any other reason or for anyone else's appeasement other than my own, but I'll, I'll often, I won't necessarily write at all taking into account like what's popular at the time or what's happening, but I, I will consider, you know, if I was someone else, uh, you know, would I, would I like this type of thing? You know, if I was, you know, depending on the song or the topic, like, you know, if, if I'm accustomed to listening to this type of thing, am I going to be into this? That, that certainly will cross my mind. You know, I think as a music listener, it should. Yeah.
0: Okay. Let's take you back for track two. The first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please, Dan.
1: Okay. So this was a tough one and I, I'm not sure what direction a lot of people go with this one, but for me, this, uh, you know, the first song I can recall having this emotional impact was Walk Together, Rock Together by Seven Seconds. I was probably, and this is a much more like punk rock list than I thought I was going to get. But I surprised myself, Stu. Um, so I was a young lad, probably 12 years old, and um, I was skateboarding with a friend at, another, at a friend of his house. So this kid, kid I've never met, his name is Ken. Ken Noka, and um, at the time, you know, I had never met him, and I was over there with a bud called Ryan, and we went over there to skate, because Ken had a quarter pipe, and on Ken's quarter pipe was spray-painted this seven, you know, and it was, like, crossed out and had a circle around it, and uh, I was like, oh, you know, and I was a little kid, and I was like, oh, this guy's smoking, he's got this cool spray-painted ramp, and uh, and they were listening to this record, and it was awesome and it made me like excited from the first second i heard it and uh you know it was walk together rock together and then um you know we're hanging out for the afternoon and i'm like this is this is awesome this is like the most fun i've ever had just skating listening to this band like meeting these kids that are you know different than the ones they go to school with and they're into they're like turned on by this the same shit. And uh, then I like the song walk together, rock together comes on. and I start and I'm actually listening to the words. um, And I remember like vividly becoming like getting that tingle, you know, it later became known to me uh, as the feeling. Um, and uh, it was about listening to that song about equality. And that was the first time in my life, like music meant something more than, you know, Uh, I mean, I had, like, favorite songs and shit, but it was like, oh, this guy's like, you know, this guy's excited about this, and he doesn't, you know, obviously doesn't care what, you know, what radio station this is played on, or if ever at all, or whatever, and all this sort of kind of hit me, and it was very uh, emotional for me, because it got me charged up, and it kind of got me angry, and it started opening my eyes. Was was that
0: that your introduction to punk
1: rock? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, as far as my, like, listening, that was pretty much it, you know. It was – Seven Seconds was, yeah, the first punk rock band I ever really heard. And then um, I was quickly turned on to some others, you know, and right around the same time, um, like, Violent Femmes and some other, like, folky type of weird alternative things were happening – and yeah my eyes were open to a lot of different stuff all like all right around the same time but that day in particular was amazing
0: so if you had to sort of pinpoint the emotion what would
1: it have been um like a little bit of excitement and a little bit of anger you know yeah i didn't uh, you know he was he was fired up that uh <laughs> people um, you know, about racism and racism in the scene and uh and you know, I was just learning about a scene and I was just, you know, I didn't really know from racism. I I didn't come from that type of family or but I also came from a pretty white area. So, you know, it was interesting. I was like opened up to all these different ideas. And, uh, and concepts and things that I was like, I need to know about this stuff. I need to know more and I need to, you know, I need to be on the right side of this. Okay. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
0: We're going to stay in the formative years for track three, Dan. I'm going to ask you to tell me the song that reminds you of your time at school, please.
1: So my school days, um, that's when I really got into playing music and um, the friends that I started playing music with first, like my brother, uh, my friends, Pat and Eric, um, we were in a band called flowers and we listened to the wedding present, a UK group. Um We listened to The Wedding Present and The Smiths almost exclusively. Um, And it became a weekly ritual of ours. Late on Saturday nights, we could go to this comedy club that was in a neighboring suburb of Chicago. And, you know, we didn't have any money. So they would do their comedy show at like 9 or 10 at night, and it would last a couple hours. And then we could go in at midnight and see a free improv show. Uh, as long as, you know, we bought like a like a Coke or something. And so this was a place that we could go, at, you know, and smoke cigarettes and laugh. And every Saturday, the way there and the way home, it was always wedding present. And um, it's like when Sea Monsters came out, that, the record that Dare is on. So that's the song that I picked is Dare by the wedding present, because that one to me represents everything you need to know about the wedding present but that was such a formative band for for me and for my that small group of friends i had in in those early high school years uh that was uh that was a pretty special one that was more um you know that was i was obviously still playing you know punk rock and there was all like i said before all these different types of things were opened up to me but uh the and the wedding present definitely represents like a huge step in advancing where i went musically i think
0: it's, it's so it's interesting uh it, it, you know when you sent your tracks over I, I i wasn't sure if um how established the wedding obviously the smiths we know are a global band but i didn't realize like how established the wedding present were in the states um obviously they were indie heroes in the uk um but i didn't know how far that sort of transcended across across the world did they have like you um, know, a decent level of sort of in the credibility and, and and success in in the states,
1: I mean, I think at a time, I don't really know because I never got a chance to see them. Um, but I don't think they would have played the biggest theaters. Yeah, you know what I mean. They would have played some good sized clubs, probably in the mid to late nineties or mid nineties. I would figure some good sized clubs, maybe a thousand people here and there, but. Not, um, I don't, they weren't really that big, and maybe that's that kind of made them special to us. Like, we felt like it was something almost yeah. secret that we knew about certain bands, you know what I mean? When you're that age, you get excited about silly stuff like that. And now, yeah. you know, now I, I've grown into someone that wants everyone in the world to hear, yeah, hear my record and have a chance to decide if they like it or not. But, uh, I don't know, there was something about you know, having these, uh, a cool UK band that no one else had heard of. Yeah. Uh, That also was like a turn on for sure.
0: Oh, they're they're such an incredible band. And, and I, I, I've been lucky to see the wedding present, but um maybe kind of mid to late nineties, Davey Gedge um, done a side project. I don't know if you're familiar with it called Cinerama. Oh yeah. uh, And, and I got to see Cinerama at this tiny little venue near where I live and, and I think there was probably about a hundred people there. And and I was just like open mouth. It's David Gedge. He's you know, he's an absolute yeah. indie hero and uh and I sort of I went to leave the venue and walked downstairs and I don't know why I was surprised because it's David Gedge. He's you know, he's a super cool, you know, humble guy there was david gage selling his t-shirts and i was like this is so oh, cool man. like i mean if, awesome. in, in hindsight it was probably a brilliant market employee because most people may have not bought a t-shirt but david gage was selling them, so everyone was like i'll have a t-shirt <laughs> you <know>? Yeah, yep.
1: <laughs> That's he was work. such
0: a top guy man he was such a you top guy you want to sell the
1: shirts you got to get out there yourself Gedge.
0: absolutely Absolutely, um,
1: man! That's awesome. What a cool, what a cool idiosyncratic player. Like his style was always so different. I love it. Yeah. So how was how was
0: school? Was that something you enjoyed?
1: Um, not necessarily. For me, it was short lived. I didn't go to you know I went to high school here in the states, and then I didn't go to uh, college. I was pretty much on the road. Um, while I was in high school, you know, my last year there. So I kind of one foot out the door. I mean, it was fine. I had a good time. I enjoyed myself and I seemed to get along with everybody, which was nice. Like I had a lot of friends in high school that weren't necessarily um, like the punk rock kids or the, I had a few, like I said, that I met early on that, um, that I played music with. But then, you know, one of those guys split for the public high school. And then um, most of my friends that I ended up like going to shows with and stuff, they all, and skating with, they all went to the public high school. But then uh, I, Stu, as you may know, I like to party a little bit. And so (laughs) I made some friends in my high school that I could, you know, hang out with and, uh, you know, smoke grass and, do all these things with, you know, the bad, the bad kids. Yeah. And my high school was small and uh, we never got in trouble. It was crazy, the shit that we were doing. But so I guess overall, I had a good time, you know, and they were all like into the Grateful Dead and Fish and stuff. My hippie friends at high school. Yeah. Like Dave Matthews band, but that's cool. I like it all. You know what I mean?
0: Was there ever any kind of question as to what you wanted to do or was music like, the only option in your mind?
1: I mean, there was a lot of question until I was, you know, in my teens. Once I once I really started playing music with friends, um, I knew I was really enjoying it. And I knew it was something that I, I felt like I could do uh, in front of people and, and have fun and uh, something I would pursue. But it wasn't until... Uh, I went on the road um, that I really fell in love with it. That was something that was special to us. Like the group I was in the first time I started touring was called slapstick. And we, we started with little runs from Chicago or the suburbs of Chicago out to like Detroit, which was like a five hour drive or St. Louis, Missouri, like another five hour drive. And we would do little weekends, but you know, the weekends would start, you know, as, we all started getting out of high school, and i was I think I was the last one to finish um like because I was the youngest <laughs> um but uh it seems like once that happened, you know the the trip started getting a little longer, and that's what really kind of caught all of our you know i got our hearts caught up in it was just the people that we would meet we would you know travel in the shitty van and ask people you know for a place to stay end up sleeping on some floor or couch you know and um just those sort of friendships back then and it was uh that's how you made these relationships on the road and that's that was a part of it that really drew me in That was really the the shows obviously but there's this whole other experience that i'm i'm glad i got to be a part of it was before social media it was it was before any of this and you had to pull over and call someone on a payphone to get directions to the club. Um, and uh, I mean, I'm very glad that now I don't have to do that. And we tour in a bus and everything, but I'm glad it started that way because there was a lot to learn from that. And a lot of relationships and experiences to be made and had for sure.
0: For track four, Dan, I'm going to ask you to tell me the first song you remember buying from a record store, please.
1: All right, so this is another Seven Seconds song. or Well, it's an album. Um, So uh, the earlier mentioned story of skateboarding at Ken Noka's driveway, hearing Seven Seconds for the first time, um, you know, that led me just a couple weeks later, I believe I was in Hoffman Estates, Illinois, and there was a record store in a strip mall, just like around the corner from where my grandmother lived. And for whatever reason... Um, I was over there and uh, I took off from her house skating around and I ended up in this record store and they had ourselves and our CD by seven seconds. And I was like, well, this has got to be the same shit. And I bought it and I was so excited. And um, it was a mature seven seconds, like a new, uh, not a new incarnation. It was, you know, it was just a new sound that they were going for And they had, um, that was before soul force revolution, but they were never trending in this folky hippie type direction for a minute. And so when I first listened to it, I was a little disappointed to be honest. And I was like, man, this is the first thing I ever bought in store. And then I listened to it more and it actually started to really, um, I was like, it, you know, it started to grow on me the songs are fucking great. And I, you know, that was another weird little learning lesson as a young punk rocker. I was like, it doesn't all have to be like super heavy, you know, gnarly guitar and screamy. Uh, it can be, you know, it can be these beautiful emotional songs too. They're all, you know, coming from the same honest place, right? So be open to to all kinds of shit. Absolutely.
0: Tell me about your relationship with the record store um, back then and tell me about
1: what it's like now. Well, I was never much of a collector of things. Like, I would go to the record store with friends. I would go there just to, like, look around, look at T-shirts, look at stickers, buy shit. But, I mean, we'd get records, we'd get stuff here and there but we did a lot of mail order we would order stuff from um discord or lookout records things you know things like that like you know you'd get into a whole scene or a whole label's worth of music and just send away you know put money in with your friends and just send away for a bunch of shit from lookout or you know with a couple of t-shirts or whatever and um so, yeah, being, like, more of, like, a skate kid, we, the record store was almost more of just, like, a place you would stop as you skated around town. Yeah. You know? Um, Tell me,
0: like, how much of an impact did... How much did music go hand-in-hand hand with skating?
1: It was... They were married. It was everything. For me, Thrasher magazine was, was huge. And, I mean, just seeing pictures of skaters in thrasher with like misfits t-shirt or you know flipping through and seeing the catalogs in the back for like you know buy rock t-shirts and um so like having that combined with the the skate videos right so every every skate video that would come out from like bones brigade to the when shit started to get new school with like plan b and birdhouse coming out with videos and stuff Every, you know, skater's, uh, you know, montage uh, would, would be along to a track, right? And especially back in the day, um, I mean, I think it was the first time I heard Green Day was on a, was on a skate video. The Savannah Slamma something or other was a weird video. And um, that song Disappear. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. disappearing boy. That was awesome. Uh, the first time I ever saw the Bones Brigade, I think it was public domain, Bones Brigade 4. So when Ray Barbie and Steve Sides, they're all skating and it's like uh this odd man out song. I love that. Like that stuff used to get me charged up for sure. So whenever I was skating, we were trying to, you know, I was always thinking in the back of my mind of like what you know, what I would skate to in video or whatever for sure. They definitely helped introduce me to I mean, so much, so much stuff, totally hand in hand.
0: and, and, and in the UK we, we would go to to markets in like Camden and, and things like that in, in, in London and, and buy these, these skate videos and, and just because, you know, the internet didn't exist then. So, you know, you could get what you could and we'd all pass this VHS copy around. That was the first time I heard Freak Scene by Dinosaur Junior. And I was like, Holy fuck, what is this record? This is incredible. Yeah. And it was like so many of like me and my friends record taste, certainly from stuff that was coming stateside was informed by skate videos.
1: That's so cool. I mean, for me, I mean, for Matt too, uh, an Alkaline Trio, I know he he kind of came up the same way in a, in a neighboring suburb and just skating and hearing shit and videos and, you know, passing tapes along and things yeah. like that.
0: Love it. Love it. Well, let's move things forward. And for track five, I'm going to ask you to tell me the song, please, Dan, that soundtracked your year's clubbing. Now this, I'll add an addendum to this. this. This doesn't have to be you know, a lost summer in Ibiza with your shirt off with glow sticks, like, you know, raving to, to obscure techno records. This can be, you know, the local bar. This can be your local rock club. This can be your indie dive bar. This can be whatever you want. You know, it's them it form- in them kind of pivotal years where you found your tribe and you're at.
1: So, and so I took it a bit tongue in cheek with that in mind. So I kind of figured, right. That's what you were going for. But, it's just because so, I didn't have many uh, nights clubbing with my shirt off and glow sticks in hand, or um, <laughs> not that you can smoke. remember <laughs> um, exactly. <laughs> but I will say, like at a time, like in my early twenties, when I joined, when I kind of first joined alkaline trio, and I was living downtown at this point, and you know, my nights were getting later. And I was spending more and more of them in in bars and things like this, you know. I don't know that it's a coincidence, but you know, your musical tastes and things, you know, certainly did grow a little bit darker and um but Girls Against Boys was a band that, you know, matt kinda Matt and Glenn kinda turned me onto early in an Alkaline Trio, but I, I got into uh pretty heavy is they're so great. And um then but then when this uh freak Annika record came out. I was just so into the production on that record and the like the disco punk vibe that they had created was so cool and so badass. I mean, and that was so like on our way to the bar, like nightclub. It's kind of a that's a like club banger, if I ever heard one that's on Park Avenue. So I would certainly say Girls Against Boys, Park Avenue could be considered both like a soundtrack to my club years, if there ever were such a thing, but also just those, those late nights, those 4am bars, you know, bad scene, but, uh, you know, (laughs) a great uh, song. There, there were no shortage, that's for sure. And I definitely would crank some girls against boys.
0: Love it. Love it. Let's take you home. Track six, favorite song from an artist from your home County, please.
1: Well, so, I mean, my favorite band from where where I'm from is uh, the Smoking Popes. And so when I think of the Popes, the I mean, really, the first thing I think of is that they were the first punk rock show I ever saw. Um, it was at a VFW hall in Elgin, Illinois. It was like some small, weird indie festival, which was basically just like 10 bands playing in a VFW hall on one, like, saturday afternoon um but the smoking popes played and i'd never seen them or heard them and it totally blew my mind i bought a seven inch it was the first piece of vinyl i ever bought um and then i had to figure out a way to play it when i got home <laughs> uh, had to get my folks to dig record player out of storage or wherever the hell that thing was in the attic or something um and so uh yeah. I mean, they, uh, it was just different. Like there was, like I said, like nine other bands played and they were cool and everyone was having fun and, and the popes played. And I was like, Whoa, this, this is weird and tight and I like it. Um, so then, you know, they, you know, they put out a handful of seven inches and records obviously, and they went on to, to make some great tunes, uh, but that song breaking I chose uh is to me just uh, pretty much a quintessential smoking popes tune, very yeah. ferocious, uh nonstop drum fills. Um and just a very uh a, a very emotional and charged up Josh Caterer, kind of exposed in a way that uh I don't think um he he did ever again the way he did in that song so i think uh for me that's got to be my favorite tune from my hometown
0: and seeing a band make that kind of noise from your hometown did that did that make it seem as an you know as, as an aspiring musician that oh man we can we can do this but. Like, these guys have done this like how 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 inspirational or influential was that on you seeing that show
1: huge Huge. because i didn't necessarily feel like i could do what they were doing but i felt like i could do that does that make sense like i totally um it, it definitely opened my eyes to something that you know whether or not i i felt like i could be in a big rock band or whatever. I, I had no idea. That was never really the intention for the longest time. It was just, it was just about, you know, getting out and playing. And that was, you know, the scene that we came from that suburban scene, just going from town to town every weekend and seeing a different show or, you know, someone else's basement or a a different VFW hall, uh, which here in the States is the veterans of foreign wars um, they have these, you know, like clubs or whatever. Same as like, there's, you know, little like, uh, I don't know what you would call it over there. But they're, you know, like odd fellows or... Yeah, 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 or,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they, they've got their halls where they have their meetings and the bar where they sit and drink. But then they're usually not doing anything with that hall. So, you know, back in the 90s, we would, you know, or, or someone would get together some money and rent out the hall for like an evening and put a PA in there and print up a bunch of flyers and get some punk rock bands to play. Um, And that's how a lot of the the shit got started. Okay.
0: Last track, Dan, and you get to be influencer and tastemaker here. A song that you think many people may not know that you would like them to hear, please.
1: So this was – I wouldn't say confusing, but I think I took this as something that many people might be surprised that I think they should listen to yeah. that I'm going to, you know, it's not like an alkaline trio record or like, you know, Led Zeppelin three on vinyl. You got, you know, okay. So this is a surprise and it didn't take long for me to think of it. Cause I've been listening to it nonstop, but, um, Many people might be surprised to know that I'm a big fan of musical theater. Okay. And this has been, uh, basically since I met my wife, um, she's a pretty big fan of musical theater. When she, uh, moved to Chicago to be with me, um, quite a long time ago. Um, we would, she started, uh, get me out of the house and we would go and see a play or a musical or this or that. And, I. Uh, you know, really started to enjoy it and the song, you know, the songs and the different styles of songwriting always kind of like struck me as interesting. But now we have a daughter who is almost 15 and she is obsessed with musical theater. So this is pretty much all I fucking hear all the time (laughs) is songs from various plays, song from Waitress, song from Dear Evan Hansen, Hamilton, Hadestown. So many, but you know, when West side story, so this is where I'm going. The song I chose is something's coming from West side story. And when this was announced that Steven Spielberg was going to remake this, um, the film version, we all got really excited and our daughter, Sophie started listening to the soundtrack a lot. And, uh, basically when she gets into something, that's what we listen to on the way to school. And, uh, And that's it. That's all we listen to. And I really think that something's coming as, uh, as sung by this, this new Tony Ansel Elgort, I believe he's called. Mm -hmm. It's such a good rendition of the song. It's such a cool song. And it's so um, it's just to me, I mean, it sounds like the original, but better like the voice and the vibe. He just nailed it. And uh, I was very very pleased and now i mean i listen to it all the time even if i'm not with my daughter it's crazy i was having a i was in california last week um and i was having a bit of a hard time just in my own head uh trying to get out of the hotel room and i had to put on that soundtrack the west side story to get into a good mood it was fantastic but you know it worked it worked wonderful Dan, we put
0: together uh, a little Spotify playlist to accompany this podcast so people can go and listen to all your picks uh, and and obviously your music. Um, And it seems that 2022, as we touched upon at the beginning, is is, is starting to kind of resume some kind of normality. And and fingers crossed it stays that way and we become a far more connected Nation again and and you know and, and a and a happier, more positive place. And and with that in mind, um what are you looking forward to um this year, Dan, personally, and what's gonna be happening professionally?
1: Um, I guess what I'm looking forward to most out of this year is just what seems like an attempt at normalcy. Uh, uh like I said earlier, uh, well I'm not sure if that made the thing, but I'm gonna try and take my family to the uk to europe and let them see a little bit of the world um and uh let them that sounded terrible um help them see (laughs) you know we're all going to go and see a little bit of the world uh is uh is our goal and so i'm really looking forward to that i mean professionally i really want to get out there and i really want um this dan andriano in the bygones record to uh to be heard i really uh i really feel like this is uh pretty indicative of of what i want to be doing musically or like you know what what came out of this was something i got really excited about um and it it was almost a happy accident the whole thing so uh i'm excited to get out there and tour on that uh, i'm excited to um you know just uh again try to get back to a little bit of normalcy yeah
0: yeah wonderful dan it's been an absolute joy talking records with you man and sure yeah good luck with the album uh and when you find yourself in the uk man i want to come and find you and say hey yeah, and uh, absolutely and uh yeah have a have a wonderful uh have a wonderful week man and, and thanks so much for coming on here and talking about records with me
1: my pleasure Stu. yeah keep doing it this is great
0: oh thanks loads man cheers dan i'm just gonna press stop on here man
1: all righty. recording stopped
0: oh lovely thanks dan i really appreciate yeah. that man but no problem wonderful what are you up to for the rest of the day what time is it out there
1: it's only 20 to 2. all oh, right okay uh, plenty of time
0: lovely i oh, will
1: have. have ripping shit up in my office
0: here nice man nice all right we'll have a lovely day man and uh, you and you yeah too. and, and, and look forward to seeing you in the uk sometime soon brother
1: Likewise. Cheers. Thank you.
0: See you, man. Bye-bye. There you go. What a lovely human being. I have the best job in the world. I really do. Like, I I finish every podcast and just think, oh, man, how nice of a And everybody that I've had on this podcast, like, has just been really nice. I've never, like, kind of finished a conversation and gone, Oh, yeah, they they were fucking hard work. Like, everyone's, like, just been really nice. And and as as per every other episode, really, the minute I press stop, we carry on having a little chat, you know. And just in case you're ever wondering what what we talk about at that point – I ask them what they're up to for the rest of the day, you know, ask them what their weekend plans are. Uh, And yeah, and just kind of, if there's there's certain things that they touched upon that really resonated with me, like personally, then I'll I'll reference something that, you know, an experience I had with that. I'll try not to kind of drop, uh, you know, how that song has affected me, you know, on the podcast constantly because I'm not the guest. I'm just there to ask the questions and and, uh, and kind of, yeah, you know, show more interest in the answers and, and expand on their answers. And yeah, so that's, yeah, that, that's kind of my, my thing. So yeah, anyway, I don't know why I'm explaining. Uh, I've already explained a radio show to you, uh, at the beginning. And now I'm explaining, uh, what a host is and what a guest is. I think I'm done. Thanks ever so much for listening, you bloody lovely people. Um, I'm back next time. In the meantime, please subscribe. Um, give us a like, love, share, retweet, drop us a message. Let us know what your thoughts are. Uh, let me know you'd like to hear me uh, interview. Always recommend guests. Um, you know, I'm, I record stacks of these each week. So, yeah, the more people you suggest, the more people I'll go and drop a message and go, hey, do you want to come and say hello? Um, right, I'm back next time. In the meantime, just be cool to each other. Uh, be nice. And, and yeah. Be lucky. Bye bye. It's off the Beat and Track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep
1: me stew with him.